With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good people. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Here with the 92nd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are 4-6 and six and getting ready to face the 9-1 New Orleans Saints on Thanksgiving night, 8.20 p.m. in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. The team left today after practice around 7.30 uh, to get down to New Orleans, get ready for meetings, and plan out how they are going to attack the New Orleans Saints, who are red, red hot right now. The Saints are averaging 36. 7.8 points a game. Just dropped 48 on the defending champion Philadelphia Eagles. The Falcons have been under 20 in their last two games and are averaging 26.3. Let's look at some of the pregame notes and then we're going to get to some Steve Sarkeesian, Julio Jones, Deion Jones, and Marquand Manuel here. Just in the stat book, Ryan is uh, 275 for 387, 3,306 yards, 22 to 4. Touchdown interception rate. You know, he had a bobble one last game off of, off of Ridley's hands. Quarterback rating 111.6. Running back Tevin Coleman is uh, 114 carries for 500 yards, the top rusher. 4.4 game, two touchdowns. I know some talk about him maybe getting some more carries last week. He went 8 for 58. Just going back over the film, I don't know how, where they would have got him to him, but he was certainly running the ball pretty good. Coach Sarkeesian talked about some uh, efficiency, and we'll get that to you here later on in the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Of course, Julio Jones leading the team with 73 catches, leading the league in yards at 1,158. He's got three touchdowns. Got three touchdowns in uh, the last three games. Austin Hooper second with 50 catches for 445 yards and three touchdowns. Of course, Calvin Ridley's got he had three touchdowns in the last game against the Saints. He's got seven on the season. He's only got one in the last six games. So teams have decided to take him away and make other weapons available to Matt Ryan. Now let's just look at the uh, wow, the white hot Saints. And Drew Brees is completing things at a, a near 80% clip. 257 completions for 334 yards. Fewer yards than Ryan at 2964, but a 25 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. That's getting it done. A 126.9 rating. Uh, we're voting today. He's got my MVP vote. Running. Their rusher is leading rusher is uh, Alvin Kamara at 617. Of course, you know, Mark Ingram was out. Serving his suspension, he's got 79 carries for 338 yards, four touchdowns. 
Uh, great. Mike Thomas, second-round pick out of Ohio State. He's got 82 catches for 1,042 yards and eight touchdowns. Coach Sean Payton talked to him today. He said that uh, they tried to take Mike Thomas away with a safety last week, and that's why he had all the passes going to Austin Carr, Dan Orno, uh, Trey Quan Trey Smith, you know, and the other receivers. So they took what the Eagles gave them. Uh, Thomas has just been crushing the game this year, and teams are going to give him extra attention. And Drew Brees will read that and just move it around to his other guys. Defensive leaders for the Falcons. Total tackles, Devondre Campbell, 55. Sacks, Tack McKinley, hasn't had one in a while. Three players with one forced fumble. One player, uh, Kamal Ishmael, with the fumble recovery. They had a big ball on the ground last week against Dallas, but nobody could find it. Man, that would have been a big stop for them if they could have caught up with that one. The... um, Interception leader, DeMonte Casey, with five. Tack McKinley with six tackles for losses. Quarterback hits, Jarrett, Grady Jarrett. And Tack McKinley both with nine. And, of course, the special team's leading tackler there is Justin Bethel. Just a couple more notes here, and we're going to go through the rankings here of the Falcons' offense and defense as they get ready to go play the Saints on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Falcons are one and one in Thanksgiving games, and they'll try to go to two and one on Thursday. The Falcons had seven players record a reception against the Cowboys on Sunday, marking the ninth consecutive game with at least six different receivers catching balls. Now, offense, the rankings are pretty good here. The of course, the passing offense is uh, six. Oh, that's the overall offense at at uh, six. The rushing offense is 29th, passing second, third down percentage is second, red zone ninth, points per game, that 26.3 there is ninth, and time of possession is 20th. They want to do better on third down, even though uh, they converted 51% of their third downs, the second highest conversion rate. Uh, it's currently the highest third down percentage in franchise history, but still Coach Dan saying, hey, well, we could run the ball more if we get more third downs. But I'm like, you're getting third downs at such a high clip, so we'll, we'll table that for the offseason. We don't really understand what he's talking about there. The Falcons averaged 6.31 yards per play uh, in 2018, which is the sixth most in the NFL. Currently the second highest yards per play in franchise history. That's, you know, the rule changes where, you know, you can't really tackle anybody now. And you're seeing all these crazy scores and uh, uh, yardage totals. Same thing about that 50 the 50 game with the Rams and the Chiefs. I'm, I'm not really sure that that's football. I don't know what that is. Well, that's another conversation we're going to have with the competition committee chair, Rich McKay. I, they can't. I think the television's ratings are going to drive this. And uh, people think that's football and that's what they want to watch. That might be what we'll be seeing in the future. And the uh, traditionalists will just have to go and uh, put on some old tapes and so forth and watch some real football. All right, the defensive ranks here. Let's look at those. They're not very good, but we knew that with the injuries. And um, total yards, 29. Rushing yards, 21st. Passing, 29th. Third down percentage, 31. 
Red zone, 29. Points per game, 29. You know, you know all the starters they lost. Uh, we'll address Dion here in a second. I don't believe he's going to play. He was kind of depressed when we talked to him on Monday. I don't know if they're trying to just make like he's getting ready to make the Saints get ready for him. But uh, they must have realistically thought he can get back. But we'll certainly see, certainly 90 minutes before uh, kickoff on uh on on Thursday night, we get down to New Orleans. I'm going down a day of. Uh, the Falcons are already down there. They left at 7:30 today, right after practice. Hey, let's hear some of the people we talked to this week getting up, getting ready for this game. Uh, you know, Julio Jones had a tough situation with family members. Uh, didn't want to talk about it in detail, but we have a little bit from him on that. But let's go to offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian. changed a whole lot. Obviously, they think highly of Eli. He's a good football player. You know, we played him a few weeks back when he was with the Giants, so um, but schematically, they haven't changed a whole lot that way. How are they playing defensively uh, in this run and not in a row with, you know, the offense putting up so many points, are they able to attack people more, or well, how's that working? Yeah, I, mean, I think the reality of it is their offense has been jumping out to some good leads, and so they've been able to stay really aggressive defensively, uh, mixing coverages, mixing pressures, uh, and allowing their players to play. And I think that, that you know it's always a great formula when you can get the lead and then you know get after the quarterback and create turnovers and do the things that they've been doing. Any pressure on your unit to stay in top contact with them if they do do that and uh, you know uh, not get the field goals and get the touchdowns? Well, I think. At the end of the day, whoever you're playing, you know, we always want to score touchdowns. We want to finish our drives in the end zone. Uh, this week, as much of any, you know, knowing how potent they are offensively, is taking advantage of our opportunities. So we've been speaking about that now for weeks, about you know, maximizing our opportunities when we get them, when we're in the red zone, when we get our shot opportunities. And so uh, that doesn't change for us this week. You know, so we got to stay aggressive. Uh, we need to be efficient um, because we know with Drew Brees and, and company on the other side of the ball, that they're obviously a very good offensive football team. How did that shake out with Coleman? I mean, you know, after the game, you see able to but then when you look at the game again, you can't don't really see where he could have got it more. How did, how did you all assess that? Well, you know, again, we thought we were efficient offensively, and we really were. And the reality of it was when you get inside that 20-yard line, how do you find your way to get yourself into the end zone? And, uh, you know, unfortunately, for whatever reason, last week things popped up where we weren't able to do that, and that was the difference between winning and losing. That's offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian. Let's go right to Julio Jones. Uh, he starts out, I asked him about the situation in Alabama. He said, hey, that's a family matter. That's private. We go to a football question, then I come back to it, and he gives us an update. No, that's, that's family matters. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's football. Okay, you want to uh, just uh, keep that private? Yeah, that's private. Okay, all right. Um... What are some of the keys y'all got to do to get ready to uh, play the Saints? Um, we got to stay aggressive. Um, what did I make sure the part go by for you? Um, we got to stay aggressive um, in everything we do. Uh, we got to believe in ourselves. And, um, you know, it, starts, it started yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, the way we came in here, um, we got to get this bad taste out of our mouth. 
So we got to come here. We got to keep working. Preparation is key for us. Yeah, I know. I know you said that's private and uh, personal and everything. But you know, how do you get? Uh, you know, um, you know, make sure you get yourself in the right frame. You know, your, your head. You know, in the right place. You know, we dealing with oh, stuff off the field. Oh, nah, I don't. I never let stuff off the field affect me on the field. Uh, I've been doing it for so long. You know, uh, family issues, things like that. Um, my family's good. Everybody's good. So I can come out here and play and do what I need to do to take care of business. Okay, I'm gonna focus on this game, mm-hmm. but. A lot of people are talking about that play that you made where you knocked Keith out mm. or not. Yeah, knocked him out the game. You turned into a def- uh, safety. Uh, did you go back and look at it all? And, and what were you thinking on that play? We actually we didn't watch the game. We didn't go back and watch the game at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did what I had to do, you know, um, in the moment. Um, the ball sailed a little bit. And, um, that's my job to, you know, um, let Matt know that, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes for, you know, us to keep the ball. Well, yeah, did, you, did you know you sent him out the game? No, I did, no, I did not know. I mean, you can hit, right? <laughs> I think I can. <laughs> I didn't watch it, you know what I'm saying? My thing was, I didn't want him to catch the ball. <laughs> that was my thing. There's Julio Jones uh, having some fun with the media, too, after dealing with some tough questions. Uh, we have that story on AJC.com uh, via um, Julio. Uh, really disturbing situation with some young family members, but uh, he said everybody's fine. And uh, if you want more details, you can go on AJC.com, myAJC.com, and find the story about uh, it's under the crime link. So uh, I don't usually cover the crime uh, here at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Let's move on to Dion. See if y'all think he's uh, playing on Thursday. He sound kind of down uh, when we talk to him in the locker room on Monday. Special for you than playing against somebody else? Uh, Given no, if I play this weekend, um, if I play this weekend, it'll be just a, another opportunity to be out there with my boys. That's pretty much how I'm looking at it. Doesn't matter that it's the Saints and you've got nah, some, just some nice history. I just rather be on the field. Than yeah, how tough has it been, uh, you know, uh, uh, being that close, I guess, to last week and then not, not having to play and then, you know, still trying to get ready for the Saints? I mean, I, mean, I feel like the guys have been doing, you know, a good job and, you know, playing with toughness and flying around. And I just got to do my part off the field and just do what I got to do to get back. Uh, you know, I'm constantly communicating with them. They're constantly communicating with me. It's not like I'm, I'm growing anything, you know, I'm still involved. And, like I said, when I get out there, it's basically to do with those guys. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Drew Brees play better? Uh, and he's playing now? I don't even pay attention. Tell you the truth. Yeah, start to Deion said he hadn't been paying attention to tell you the truth about Drew Brees. But I think the telling part there was, was if I play, if I play this Thursday, I just want to be back out there with my boys. Might be reading in too much into that. I know last week I said I thought he was playing. This week I don't think he's playing. So Falcons got me fooled. They faked me out last weekend and might be faking me out again here this week. But this is the guy with the toughest job in the league this week, Marquand Manuel. I mean, uh, the Saints, they got the two running backs. They can run inside and out with Ingram and Kamara. They can throw it down the field of Michael Thomas. The tight ends, uh, Dan Arrow, 
Ben Watson or Oss can also be effective. Then last week, Traquan Smith, the rookie from UCF, got loose. Uh, Kirk, Keith Kirkwood, I just looked up all these names, the guys that they're just spreading the ball around to. And uh, Marquand Manuel, the Falcons defensive coordinator, he's the guy with the toughest job in the league this week. What they're doing, not only uh, in the passing game, but just a complete offense. Balanced out, going back and forth to keep you all balanced. The ability in the screen game to hit you with the run game. And again, taking their shots down the field when they need to. And Ingram, y'all didn't face him the first time. What's the key uh, difference uh, uh, in having him in the in the in the Saints offense? Oh, uh, he gives them balance. He gives them balance. Uh, the ability to run in between the tackles. Not that Kamara doesn't, but he gives them balance and uh, ability to pound the defense. And you know, Kamara's more of the elusive guy uh, that'll run in between the tackles, but get outside. And, and Ingram kind of does it all. And when you look at that from that standpoint, uh, he missed four games, so he's fresh. And he's running them up, so it's uh, it's going to be a real challenge. And the Hill kid, what do you all have to do to uh, prepare for him? They've been using him in a lot of different ways. A lot of different ways. I always told him, like, you know, it's like facing Percy Harvey. When you look at it, he's just a bigger version. And you know, the, the things that he can do, you look at him in the kick return game, the things that he can do, tackle, breaking tackles, he blocks. Percy was a, a little strong guy, but this is a bigger, strong, and fast guy. And we've seen that the first time that we played him. Um, so it won't be a shock for any of us that understand that he has kept the change moving for that team. Um, that's another weapon. I was waiting on you to say that about him. That's another weapon that we have to uh, prepare for. Marquand Manuel's got the toughest job in the league this week. Be tougher without Deion Jones. Hey, before we get out of here and um, – you know, I want to thank everybody for listening, downloading the Bowtie Chronicles podcast on iTunes and and all the other various outlets. Uh, just a little bonus here, wanted to let you all know the semifinalist list for the Pro Football Hall of Fame came out today. I forgot I had it early and uh, didn't have it uh, up on time at 8.05 when I had the embargo. But uh, some good news and not some not go so good news uh, for the Atlanta Falcon Nation. Tony Gonzalez made the list as a first-time candidate. And Clay Matthews is back on the list. Clay Matthews, Jake's uncle, played uh, for the Browns mostly and came to Atlanta 94-96, he's been a, a finalist here on and off since 2012, 2012, 2017, 2019. Uh, so those are the two Falcons uh, that made the list. Mike King did not. Uh, Brian Young, Falcons D-line coach, didn't didn't move forward this year. Uh, but some, some interesting ones did with Georgia ties. Champ Bailey. Is he is going through for the first time? He's a first time eligible player. Him, Tony Gonzalez, and Ed Reed are the only first timers. I'm thinking Bailey gets through, although Ty Law is sitting there at cornerback too. Pretty sure Tony will get through. And Ed Reed, the fine safety, it's a log jam at safety. That's going to be tough because uh, John Lynch is sitting there and he's been there for a while. Uh, Tom Flores got through on the list here. Uh, they've been previously eligible. Uh, but this is their first time making it through to the semifinals list. Tom Flores, the coach, and Zach Thomas, the fine linebacker, undersized linebacker for the Dolphins. And then other guys with Georgia ties, Richard Seymour and Hines Ward, are back through. 
And uh, Kevin Mawai, I know this is a reach, but we like to do it anyway. He was born in Savannah as a military child. Of course, he you know made his bones over at LSU and in uh, the state of Louisiana. But uh, I threw him in with the Georgia people. So there you have it. Uh, the list is out. Stories on uh, AJC.com if you want to read about all the individual folks here. Uh, we have to vote down to 15 then on uh February the 2nd, uh, they'll have the list of 15 Modern Air finalists. And uh, later on that day, the night before the Super Bowl, they'll release uh, the class for 2019. There are uh, a couple contributor finalists, too. The owner, Pat Boland, from the Denver Broncos, Gil Brandt. Longtime personnel man with the Dallas Cowboys. And the uh, senior finalist is safety Johnny Robinson. Uh, played from 60 to 71 for the Dallas Texans and Kansas City Chiefs. So a little uh, Hall of Fame bonus for you. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, I think that, that, that conversation won't take a long time. And uh, so the folks who... Uh, you know, he was a Falcon. He's mostly a Chief, but uh, folks do go to Canton when their their players go in. So I know he would want to have some Falcon support. But, you know, we'll wait till February the 2nd when that becomes official. So, you know, get ready. I got to get packed up. I don't know what bow time we're in here on Thanksgiving. But uh, I'll get that figured out between now and uh, my flight down there for the game. But in the meantime, we're going to check out here from the 92nd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Thanks for dropping by. Have a great Thanksgiving. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.